morning, everybody. How we doing? How about the other three quarters of you? How you doing? It's always a blessing to be able to share in the house of the Lord. Um, I just want to start off by by praying here. Jesus, thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together to worship you in spirit and in truth. The opportunity we have in this nation to come together and lift our hands and praise you and learn more about you, Father God. That we live in a country that's still free where we're able to do that. Where we're able to come and we're able to lift our hands and we're able to lift our voices and praise the God of the universe we thank you for the amazing privilege that it is, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I just wanted to start off, um, Pastor Josh asked me to share today. Um, and I was listening to his message from last week, and there was a couple things that he said that, um, that really hit home for me. And one of the, the first things that he talked about was about surrender, right? And how his two main points of, of last week for me was he was talking about surrender and then he was talking about the wrestle, right? And how they seem like they're so opposite. Well, how do I surrender everything to God but then also wrestle with him for the blessing, right? Those are, that's what he was talking about when he was talking about Jacob wrestling with God. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into what he was talking about last week and also shed a little bit of um, my own thoughts on that. But also there's another thing that really, that really stuck out to me in the very beginning of his message. He said, we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the simplicity that is the gospel. So I want to talk this morning, I'm going to touch on a bunch of different points, but the main point that I want to talk about this morning is identity and who we are in Christ. Right? Because if we miss that, we miss everything else. If we don't know who we are, we don't know why we're here. We don't know our purpose and how we need to plug back in to learn who we are. And um, there, was another, there was another thing that he said that was um, how he talked about us as the Western church are almost cultish, where we're, we catch on to a man and what that man is teaching, whether it be, and it's a good man that's following the Lord or a good woman that's following the Lord, and we catch on to the different sermon series that they have, and we start following it, whatever it is that they're speaking at the time. But we also have access, right? It's that he tore the veil, and we have access ourselves to the creator of the universe, and how he wants to speak directly to each and every single one of us. And a lot of times that happens through other people. But there's also the time, and we spoke about this many times in the past, about how you have to have that secret time with the Lord where he can speak to you directly. Where you can plug in and you can get downloads directly from the creator to you. And how much more that holds in your spirit when it's a direct download to you. And what the Lord's speaking directly to you and to your heart than a, a translation of what he did for somebody else, right? Because when it happens and when you're there, it no one can ever rob that from you because you were there when it happened. Amen? So I want to start off my message today. Like I said, I want to talk a little bit about identity. But there was this, this verse that kept going through my head this past week. 
And it's, it's a verse, it's a section of a verse that we hear many times in Revelation. It's actually 14 times it's said in the Bible. And we actually sang a song that said, oh, can you hear it? Heaven is speaking. And 14 times the Bible says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And so the Lord's speaking to us, and he's speaking to us in many different ways. But do we have ears to hear what he's saying? And I want to show a couple of clips today that might seem like they're out of left field, but it's going to all tie together, I promise. And if it doesn't, I'm fired and I'll go home, okay? <laughs> nice try. Um, so this first clip is from a movie that came out um, in 2003. Please excuse me, there is a one curse word in this. It's hell, but we are in church, and we do reference hell often. So please excuse that one curse word, okay? We could have that clip, Justin. So, Dave, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Well, I'm a, an executive assistant at a major pet products company. Dave, I don't want you to tell us what you do. I want you to tell us who you are. Oh, all right. Um, I'm a pretty good guy. I, um, I like playing tennis on occasion. Uh, also, not your hobbies, Dave. Just simple. Tell us who you are. I just... Maybe you could give me an example of what a good answer would be. Um, what did you say? You want Lou to tell you who you are. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm a nice, easygoing man. I might be a little bit indecisive at times. Um, Dave, you're describing your personality. I want to know who you are. I don't know what the hell you want me to say. I mean, I'm sorry, I just, I want to answer your question. Just not, not doing it right, I, I guess. I think we're getting a picture, Dave. Let's move on. So that's a funny clip, right? And we can all relate to, well, he's giving you an answer, right? He's giving you an answer of who he is. But what the therapist is doing here is he wants to cut through all the stuff that he's been taught his whole life to believe he is and hear what he actually is, who he actually is. And I want to start today by, by reading a couple thoughts that I wrote down here. And this for us, answering this question, I feel like it happens as we're children, right? What's, what's the question that people always ask kids? What do you want to be when you grow up, right? It's always a question that we're asked as children. What do you want to be when you grow up? Then, just like Dave, we look to somebody else to, to, to answer that question for us. Well, well, a, a fireman, I, I want to be like him, or, or I want to be like him, right? And that's what Pastor Josh was talking about last week, about clinging on to a man that has a revelation that God has given him, and being like, yeah, yeah, I can follow that. That's something I can get behind, and, and I'm going to live a good Christian life, and, and all this is going to make sense. When God's asking, who are you? Who are you to me? How can we walk in this together? We start to look to other people to tell us who we are or what we're supposed to be. I, w I went back and I was reading, um, Pastor Josh was talking about Jacob last week, and I went back in, in Jacob's history to try to get 
a understanding of where the tenacity that was in Jacob came from. And there was a, a moment in time where Rebecca, his mother, if you go back a, little, a couple chapters, you find out that Rebecca, his mother, was given a promise about who her son was going to be. And we can, we can almost guarantee that there's many times throughout the Bible, Rebecca is just the example I'm using right now, that a mother of, of a great man in the Bible was given who that man was going to be. And you can guarantee if, you're, if Rebecca and Mary and Elizabeth are anything like my wife, she's constantly trying to instill in our children who she sees in them and start calling out from a very young age who they are and what they were made for and who they're going to be, instead of asking them, what do you want to be? You can be anything you want to be. Well, what if we stopped asking our kids, what do you want to be, and start instilling in them who they are? We wonder why there is so much confusion in our world when we go from K through, all the way through college, with, with children asking them, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? Who are you going to be? What are you going to do? And it's an insane amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to decide, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And then when we're not measuring up to this unrealistic level that we set for ourselves, all of a sudden we go into depression, right? And oh, I missed it. Oh, I was supposed to be this, and I really blew it. Now what? Now what am I going to do? I'm a failure. Everybody's going to think I'm a failure. I'm never going to make it in life. I'm never going to amount to anything. And this leads leads us down these dark paths, right? Because our entire life was twisted from the very beginning of who and what do you want to be as opposed to this is who you are. If you can walk in a confidence knowing from a child who you are, not what you're supposed to be, it's a huge, huge step up, right? So I want to just go back to, like Pastor Josh was talking about, going back to the basics of Christianity and the basics of who we are. And the simplicity that is in the gospel. The Lord said, be holy as I am holy. And how do we become holy? Well, in the Old Testament, right, there was over 600 laws that you had to follow if you wanted to measure up. If you wanted to even be in the presence of God, you had to, you had one man that was elected to go into the Holy of Holies, right? Pastor Dan taught this a couple weeks ago about the Holy of Holies and how we're called to be holy, right? And how there's all these laws that we had to follow and all these things that we had to do just to come into the presence of God. And maybe we wouldn't drop dead just because we were in the presence of God, right? And he calls us to be holy. We know that. We know there's a book in the Bible, right? The, the Levitical law that tells us all the things that we weren't supposed to do. And if this happens, then do that. And then throw them outside here. And then when, when they don't have that rash anymore, you can bring them back in. But make sure they wash themselves. And like, there's, like all, there's a whole book in the Bible of like do's and don'ts of, of what you can do to just be in my presence. But thank God then Jesus came. I feel like we get this whole... Um, like almost imposter syndrome of going through life like, all right, I, I figured out what I want to be. And as long as nobody else sees that, that that's not really who I am, 
then I can be, I'll be okay, right? I, I chose this career path because it, it's gonna bring in the most money and, and, and that's why I should be doing it. But we never think about why we're doing what we're doing, right? It all starts with surrender, just like we learned last week. It all starts with surrender. Sorry, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. I was telling, I was telling my wife that I wasn't sure. I had six pages of notes and more on my phone and all different kinds of things that I wanted to share. And it's funny because what I want to share about is your identity and how being who you were meant to be is getting out of the way and letting the Lord flow through you. But yet I'm stressing out about what it is I'm supposed to say. Well, if your message is on getting out of the way and letting the Lord use you, well, then maybe you should get out of the way and let the Lord use you. Does that make sense? I don't know for anyone else, but the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like my wife to me a lot of the time. Okay, so we're going to talk about the starting point of surrender. And we know that surrender, just like we talked about in, in that song, Gratitude, of just raising your hands and saying, I don't have anything I can give, but I'm, I'm laying it down, and what I do have is yours, right? And Pastor Josh talked about this last week of, of coming to a point in war where you give up, and that's what surrender is, is giving up. And I think there's a reality in, our, in, in us that we want to surrender, we want to give everything we have to the Lord. We want to lay it all down. But there's a story that I remember from school that I want to share. And I'm not sure if this was ever taught before. But um, I'm just going to read this story. And sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm, tr I'm trying to get it together here. Um, and in world history class, we learned about Emperor Charlemagne. And Charlemagne was the most powerful European ruler of the Middle Ages leading a people called the Franks to ru the rule of most of Europe. Under his rule, many people got baptized into the church, and it was, pretty much, um, it was pretty much accepted of his soldiers that they would go to the river in mass and they would all be baptized together. But one source reports that there was one thing that was a bit unusual about the baptism of these soldiers. When they would go under the water, they would hold their one hand out of the water with their sword in that hand. They didn't want that hand baptized. That was the one they wanted to be free to use to kill whoever they needed to kill. And a lot of times when we enter the water of baptism without even realizing it, we say, Lord, here I am except, except for, and you can fill in the blank, of what that one thing is that a lot of times you might not even realize that you're holding back with this holding back approach to, uh, to Christianity, it goes back at least as far, uh, hold on one second. This is great, huh? I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for it to start flowing here. Jesus, thank you. What is the one thing that you're holding on to in your life?
Maybe that's the question we're supposed to be asking ourselves right now is, what's the one thing that I haven't surrendered? When we learn about surrender, it's giving up everything. But what's the one thing? I don't know why I can't get past this point. What's that one thing that you're holding on to in your life that you haven't yet laid down? Have you been able to identify that? If we could all just close our eyes for a minute, I don't know why the Lord's not letting me move on from this. Just begin to ask him in this moment, what's the one thing that you're holding on to that he wants you to let go of? Jesus, identify that thing in our hearts right now. We say we want to know you better. We say that we want to walk the walk. We say that we want to talk the talk, Lord. We want to be used by you. David said to search our search my heart, O oh God. Search my heart, O oh God. If we do nothing else today but but say to the Lord, search my heart, O oh God. Search my heart for the one thing that I have not yet laid down. The thing that I need to lay down right now so that I can move forward into what it is that you have for me. identity is this. This is the will of God for your life. If you've been searching for what the will of, of the Lord is for your life, it's simply this. Ephesians 4.13, that we would all grow into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That is his will for each and every single one of us, that we would all grow into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. The one that knew no sin, but laid his life down as a ransom for many. The simplicity that is the gospel. Jesus, work this morning. Work in a way that you only you can work, Father. I believe we're at a place in history right now where we have to know who we are and what we were made for. We see people, so many times you, you turn on the news and you hear about a new celebrity that took their life. The people that were striving to be something, the, th the, the things that they were told as a child, oh, this is what you're gonna do, this is what you should do, this is where you should go, this is what you should be, and they finally made it and they're still empty inside. They're still empty inside. That They come to a point where they end up overdosing on drugs or taking their own life because they have no identity of who it is that they're supposed to be and what they were called to do. They've adopted some kind of, some kind of false pretense of who they are and what they're supposed to be. And I think Pastor Josh was saying this last week that the devil will always attack the thing that he knows is most important. And you can see as you look around this world right now, you can see that identity is being attacked more than anything else is being attacked.
that he knows if he can attack your identity and he can get you to think that you are who who you are not who you think you are and you can just change your identity to be somebody else, that today I'm this person and tomorrow I'm somebody else. You see it happen in families all the time. You see the man or the woman saying, I don't think I am who I was anymore and I'm not going to be that person anymore. And that family gets torn apart. And it grieves the heart of God. It grieves the heart of God that we're in a place in our nation where we feel like we can play God and we can be whoever we think we want to be at any given moment. Jesus, help us. There was a story that Diane was sharing this morning in uh, I think it was Diane, it might have been Rich, I'm not quite sure, but they were talking about, and it's funny because I mentioned to Justin, I was like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit's real sometimes because this is one of the things I have in my notes. And she was talking about the very thing that I started with of talking about um, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear, right? But she also, t- um, I think Rich touched on the point of co- talking about King Agrippa and how when Paul was brought before him and he was asked to to. What, what are the charges against you, right? And Paul began to preach. Like, that's, that's all that Paul knew how to do, right? Paul knew that he had a revelation of who he was and who God was, and he didn't care who he was talking to. He didn't care if he was going to be put to death for it. He was going to, any opportunity that he was given, he was going to preach the name of Jesus Christ. That was his entire life. That was all he ever wanted to do, was I know where I was, and I know who I was, and I know that that man died, and I am no longer that man, and I'm going to tell everyone around me who I am now because I finally have a revelation from heaven of who I am. And King Agrippa, these words right here that King Agrippa says is what our world struggles with. You almost convinced me. You almost convinced me. If you only had a little bit more time, you might have convinced me, but this is all the time you're allowed to have, so you almost convinced me. And we go back to being those soldiers that almost surrender everything except for this one thing because I don't want you to have that because I need to do what it is that I need to do and I don't want you to take that away from me. And that's where we are right now. That's where our world is right now. Pastor Josh talked about Jacob wrestling with the angel. And I remember a sermon from years ago. I don't remember the name of the sermon, but I remember Pastor Vaughn preaching it about a striker. And he was, he was on a breakaway running down the field with the ball, and nobody was around him. And the only person between him and scoring the goal was the goalie. And he comes up and he kicks the ball and he completely misses. And the announcer says, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to, I knew he wasn't going to score. He had no conviction. And how many times when things are good and we're just running along and everybody's running behind us and everything's good and we're faced with one person, there's one person in our way and there always is going to be that one person and we know who he is. There's always going to be one person that's trying to keep us from what we're supposed to be doing. Do we have enough conviction to kick that ball and score that goal? Or are we going to listen to the lies that we're continually told about who we are and how we don't measure up?
I believe that was a difference with, with Jacob, right? The difference, there's the beginning of surrender where we give everything we have, but then there's the conviction that we have to have to follow through with the call that's been put on our lives. The call that Rebecca knew was on his life and he trained, she trained him from the very beginning. You can't tell me, it's not written in the pages of history anywhere, but you have to imagine that when Mary was given the word about who Jesus was gonna be, that she didn't train him in that all the way up through. When Elizabeth was given who John the Baptist was gonna be, and John, <laughs> who John was gonna be, that they weren't continually training them all throughout their lives, encouraging them, because you guarantee when the promise comes, the opposition comes every single time. Every single time you're given a promise, the opposition will almost definitely be there. And there's so many different times throughout your life where you're given a vision and you're given a point of reference and you're supposed to go from here to here and your walk ends up looking like this. And if you look at it on a graph paper, right, if we, if we had a board, I would draw it out. But if you look at it on a graph paper and you have your line that's going crazy just to get from point to point, right? We all know from math that the, the fastest way from point, line, point A to line B or whatever. I wasn't good at math, so I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Point A to point B is line C, right? All right. Right? That's right. Is that good? No one's going to help me here? Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> But if you look at your life on a graph paper, right, and you know that you have to go from point A to point B, and the fastest way to get there is line C, then your enemy also knows that that line C is the fastest way for you to get from point A to point B. So you're going to be met with distractions along the entire way of where you're supposed to be. And at every single line, at every single latitude and longitude on that graph paper, you're going to be given the opportunity to give up. I'll say that again, on every single latitude and longitude on that graph paper of the line of your life, you're going to be given the opportunity to give up. You're going to be challenged with, did God say? Right? If Eve and Adam were, were asked at the very beginning, did God really say? Then you can guarantee it's going to happen to you. And if you don't know who you are, and you don't know why you were called, and you don't know what your calling is, to grow this into the fullness of the mother stature of Christ, that's your calling, to follow him, not anything else, but to grow into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That is your calling, 100%. That is who you were made to, to be. That's who you were meant to imitate. That's who you were meant to follow. Anything other than that is a distraction. You're given the opportunity at any of those points to give up. And I want to challenge you to hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise that you were given. Now, I want to talk about talking about identity, how your identity and knowing who you are can unlock the promise that that's on your life. And I've often... Some of the youth group kids are going to be like, oh, this again? We're going to talk about this again? If we don't get this, we don't have anything. So I'm going to keep preaching on identity. Sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry. We're going to talk about identity until I drop dead. Let's say that you have, you were gifted a million dollars 
right? And that money went directly into your bank account. When you go to the bank to take that money out, let's say it was, here's an account and there's no debit card for it. So you have to go into the bank. It's not like nowadays where none of us go to the bank and everything's done online and somebody goes and buys you crazy bowls and you're like, oh, let me Venmo you, right? Like, let's talk about old school of like your, your great grandmother died and she left you a million dollars and she has no idea what the internet or Venmo even is, right? So she left that money in a bank account for you. Thanks a lot, Grandma. But when you go to the bank, there's something that they're going to ask you for. You can't just go in and be like, oh, yeah, my great-grandma Rose just left me this money, and I need to take it out. They're going to be like, okay, that's great. Who are you? Right? And most of us have one of these if it hasn't been revoked, or we haven't gotten it yet. It's your identification card, right? And the same thing with going to the bank and, and asking to withdraw money, you have to be able to prove who you are, right? And if you get pulled over because you're driving after nine o'clock, Grant, <laughs> and a police officer asks you for your identification card, he can pull up any information about you, right? He can find out that Grant Gerald was supposed to be home at nine o'clock and it's 9.05, right, Grant? We're gonna make sure we're home at nine o'clock, right? Okay, good. That was for you, Dan, wherever you are. <laughs> but there's that access that you, ha that you now have because you hold the key. Now you have something that says, I am who I am, and here's the identification to prove it. So now you have access to that million dollars that you were left because now you're able to prove who you are. You're able to say, yep, my grandmother left me that money. Here's my identification card that proves to you who I am. And now I have access to the promise. And the whole point of what we're talking about this morning is you have access to the promise. But you have to know that you have access to the promise and you have to know where your identity lies in order to unlock that promise. Right? The conviction that I talked about a little while ago, there's surrender and there's conviction. You have to have the conviction to hold on to the, to the promise because if you don't have conviction and you don't have it built into you that no matter what happens on this graph of life, it doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. It doesn't matter what natural circumstances happen. I have the conviction that I'm going to keep moving forward no matter what this line looks like. Even if it looks like I went backwards when I was supposed to be going forward, I'm going to have enough conviction that I'm going to keep moving towards the promise that God gave me. It doesn't matter what this world throws at me. I'm going to keep moving forward. Why? Because I was crucified with Christ. I died and buried, and it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. I'm going to go into the waters of baptism. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to be raised, and I'm not going to hold my hand up and say everything but this. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to say everything, Lord. Use me. Use me to the fullest because I'm yours. It's no longer I that live. Flow through me. I love this time of year. I love, I love the fact that you can go to Target and they're singing about Jesus on the radio. It's like the only, only time of year when you'll hear that. 
but I just want to talk a little bit about our identity. If our identity is to walk into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, then we should probably know the man that we're walking into the fullness of the measure of the stature of, right? And I just wrote down these quick notes this morning. Jesus came to earth as a man. He was born and made himself of no reputation. He was born in the filth of a stable. He knew who he was. And his entire life and his entire ministry was for one goal. It wasn't for himself. It wasn't so that he could have the largest ministry in the biggest church because he could have had all those things. That's not what he was after. His one mission in life was to be this. This power cord. That was his one mission in life was to connect what was separated back to the Father. It was to connect the one thing that was separated by us thinking we knew better, by us wanting to play God. His entire ministry was this. I'm going to reconnect my people to the power source. We know, that, we know that a power cord can't do anything on its own, right? We know that a power cord not plugged into the power does absolutely nothing. And that's basically what we are. We build these big, these big ideas, right? We started out talking about how kids, they grow up and they want to be this and they want to be that and they want to be the other thing. We're a power cord. Our whole, who plugged that in? Don't plug that in. Our whole life is to be a power cord. It's to connect other people to our Father. If our whole goal in life is to grow into the fullness of the mother of the stature of Christ, then his entire ministry was to connect what was severed to the Father, then guess what? Our entire life goal should be to connect what was severed back to the Father and let the Holy Spirit, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, flow through us. Right? I talked about in the last time that I preached about um, how I work on natural gas pipelines and how there's such intense training and intense testing that happens to those pipelines because of what flows through them. It has nothing to do with the pipeline itself. It has everything to do with the power that's flowing through them, the raw energy that has to be contained to get from one point to the other. Our entire life is meant to bring people back to the Father. And when we can get out of the way and allow him to flow, we're doing our job. We're doing our job right. There's no yeah buts. There's no howevers. There's no, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what happened to me. You can go over there and talk to that power cord, and you can tell it whatever you want to. You could kick 
that thing you could throw on it, you could throw it on the road, you could drive it over with a car. I don't care what you do to that power cord. Unless it's completely severed, you could take that power cord and plug it in and those lights will still shine. We have to get out of the way and let the Lord flow through us because all he wants from us, all he wants us to do is be that conduit and allow his presence to flow. He doesn't want us to grow into this giant, like, oh, wow, look at me. Our entire life is made for us to say, oh, wow, look at, look at him. Like I said before, there's a lot of times where the Lord will speak to you and he'll speak to you in these these places that you never thought that the Lord would even speak to you. But he's always wanting to talk with you. He's always wanting to have that connection with you. And uh, there is this movie that my, my kids watched a while ago um, called Moana. And who would think that Jesus would speak to me through a Disney movie, but he did. And there's this one clip that I want to show. And just like we were talking about, about how the children were being raised up and they were constantly being groomed of like, no, I know the Lord spoke to me and this is, this is who you're going to be and we're going we're gonna to walk you. You're not going to do that. You're going to do this. You're, you're going to walk and this is who you're going to become. There is this crazy grandmother in Moana, right? Or everyone thinks she's crazy because she, all she wants is, is for Moana, who is going to be the next chief of the kingdom, to know who our identity really is. And the chiefs that had been a part of the village up until this point have constantly been trying to stop the truth from coming out, right? To, and in, in a valiant effort to try to keep their people safe, they were trying to shut down the truth. And if we could just play that, that one last clip as I, as I wrap up here. Monsters lurked and boats stopped coming back. To protect our people, the ancient chiefs forbid voyaging, and now we have forgotten who we are. And the darkness has continued to spread, chasing away our fish, draining the light from island after island. Why did we stop? It's amazing to me because she's in that moment where it clicks in her brain and she says, wait a second, this is not the life that I was meant to live. This is not who I was called to be. And immediately the light goes on for her. And then she comes out and she has this revelation of, we were voyagers. We were never supposed to be doing this stuff. Why did we stop? Why did we stop? Why are we not who we're supposed to be? That's what just happened in that clip. And what happened, what was said in that clip where you, it was forgotten who they were supposed to be. It said darkness took over. 
Darkness took over. And the Bible is very clear that we were called to be the salt and light of the earth. If you look outside and you turn on the news and you see nothing but darkness, guess what? It's because you forgot who you were supposed to be and what you were supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be connecting people with the Father, not hiding and waiting for it to all blow over. I know this is a a tough message this morning, but I'm going from what Pastor Joshua was preaching on last week and saying that we need to surrender, but then we also need to have conviction. We need to say, Lord, flow through us like you've never flowed through us before. As our identity and the identity of people all around us are being twisted into being what we think it should be, Lord, flow through us. Let us know who we are, why we were called, and what we're supposed to be doing. And when we walk in that, it's going to change everything in our lives. Our businesses are going to be blessed because we're there. We don't have to strive to be something that we're not meant to be. We can stop saying like, oh, well, I need to act this way if I want to get a raise. I better keep my mouth shut because I know I need more money for my family. Guess what? That, that business you're working for is not your provider. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but the business you're working for where your mouth's being kept shut from, from speaking the truth is not your provider. Your provider is the king of the universe who owns a, a cattle on a thousand hills. And you have access because of your identity to all of that. Because of who he's called you to be. Because of how he shaped you. Because of who you are. And the conduit to allow his power to flow through. He's going to take care of everything else. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't change who you are. You were once children of wrath. But now you've been translated out of darkness into his marvelous light. Though your outward man is perishing, your inward man is being renewed day by day by day by day by day. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. That's who you are. We need to get to a, a point of surrender where it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Not like the clip in Princess Bride where he was mostly dead. We need to be completely dead and surrendered so that he can flow through us. Stop holding on to whatever it is. I just want to share this one quick story and as I close here. I remember about how long ago would it be? 16 years ago, I was in a village in Africa and we were on an advanced missions training with Overland Missions and they brought us to this pastor's conference where it was a bunch of us 20-something-year-olds and I forget how many pastors were there, but the room was full of pastors of all of these different tribes and nations all around the country of Zambia. And they were looking to us. 
They were looking to us for answers. And there was a time where we were able to give a message, but then there was a time of question and answers that happened at the end. And I remember standing there thinking, I'm an imposter. The things that these people are asking me, what gives me the credibility to share my opinion? And looking back at it now, I realized that I was put in that position not to give my opinion, but to be a conduit and let the Lord flow to those people. And there was a reality that the questions that these people were asking that were leading entire churches and entire villages were things that I learned in Sunday school. They were literally asking questions about things that our kids are learning in Sunday school. Don't ever disqualify yourself when the Lord wants to use you. Because there's a reality, when that light switch plugs in and those lights turn on, you know more than the person standing next to you that hasn't had that experience of turning the light switch on. The Lord said, we are translated out of darkness into light. The people that are over there that haven't yet been translated out of darkness into light, they don't know what you know. And it's our job to connect them. It's our job to plug them in. And in those moments when, when I was speaking with these villagers and these pastors, I had every opportunity, just like I talked about the graph before, I had every opportunity to quit. I had every opportunity to say, I'm not qualified for this. And there's going to be times this week, there's going to be times the rest of this year, there's going to be times the rest of your life where you're going to be faced with the opportunity and you're going to hear that voice in the back of your mind, you're not qualified for this. Who made you qualified? And you can say, it's no longer I that live. I know nothing against myself. I was crucified dead and buried. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And if we stop getting in the way of what he wants to do through us and overthinking and complicating what the Lord's asking us to do, he can flow and things are going to change all around you. It's when this starts to get in the way, this has incredible power to get in your way, to get in the Lord's way of what he wants you to do. If we can cut this out and we can just say, Lord, I'm here, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm going to do. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I want to be your hands and I want to be your feet. Use me. I don't care where you send me in this world. I don't care if you want me to go talk to my neighbors because I know that you're going to give me the words. I know that if I try, if, if I try I'm not going to be able to because I'm not that smart, I'm not that bright, but I'm going to turn my brain off and I'm going to allow you to start flowing through me. If we did that on a daily basis, we would change this world. This world would be turned upside down. Think about the apostles, the 12 apostles. That's all they did. That's all they did, and they changed the world. They said, I don't know. I'm an unlearned man. I know that I was a fisherman. That's all I know. And then I know that I met Jesus, and my life was changed. So.
So if you don't take anything else away from today, know that he saved you and called you with a holy calling that had nothing at all to do with your works. But it was his divine purpose and let him flow through you. If we could all just stand this morning. And I know this is my heart's cry. We're just going to, if we could just lift our hands, even if you don't feel like it, lift your hands this morning. And say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender everything. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I want you to flow through me. I want you to get me out of the way so that this world can see you. Thank you, Jesus. Begin to flow in this room, Lord. You said wherever two or three are gathered that you are in our midst, Father God. I pray that you would break chains off of people's minds right now, that you would break chains off of people's hearts right now, that you would begin to restore relationships, Father God, between fathers and daughters, between mothers and sons, that you would begin to move in a mighty way right now, Jesus, as we get out of the way and we allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do. Jesus, it's not about us. Teach us as we go back to basics that it's not about us, that it's nothing to do with us, and it's all about you and who you are and why you came. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give us a conviction for the calling that you've placed on our hearts for the calling that you've placed on our lives. Give us a conviction. You said that when you, had, when you had it in your mind and you said that you had to suffer and die and you told, <laughs> you told Peter to get behind me, Satan. You said, get behind me, Satan. I know why I'm here and I know what I need to do. And you and nobody else is going to stop me from fulfilling the will of God to cut People, people were cut off and they need to be reconnected. So it doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is that you have called me and chosen me. Lord Jesus, have your way. I'd just like to ask our prayer team to come to the front. If you're struggling with surrender, I just ask you to come and kneel at the altar. You don't need anyone to lay hands on you. You just need to come to a place. And, and maybe it's a stepping out and you, and you stepping out of your comfort zone to just come and kneel at the altar and say, God, I don't know, but have your way. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that you do. And I know that you have a plan and you have a purpose for my life. If there's anyone that's struggling with anything, whether it's an ailment in your body, whether it's something in your mind, just come forward and, and, and let, our, let our team pray for you. Because the reality is those things are holding you back from allowing the spirit to flow like it wants to flow. 
almost like a, I'm just seeing like a, like we talked about the uh, electrical cord. I'm just seeing a hose that has a water in it and it's just got a little kink and it just needs a little bit of adjustment and then that water is going to start flowing. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to officially close our meeting. If you, if you have to go, then please feel free to go. If you just want to sit in his presence, then sit in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear.